0: actress, Joan Bennett. It's terrible to try to act with a dreadful cold. To feel better quickly, I take four-way cold tablets, the fastest way to relieve
2: nasty cold distress.
0: Yes, tests of four leading cold tablets proved four-way fastest acting of all. Amazing four-way starts in minutes to relieve aches, pains, headache, reduce fever, calm upset stomach, also overcomes irregularity. When you catch cold, try my way. Take four-way cold tablets, the fastest way to relieve cold distress. Four away, 29 and 59 cents. And now worried word about another fine product of Grove Laboratories. Have dandruff for years. Now get rid of it in three minutes with Fitch Dandruff Remover Shampoo. Three minutes with Fitch regularly is guaranteed to keep unsightly dandruff away forever. Apply Fitch before wetting hair. Rub in one minute. Add water. Lather one minute. Then rinse one minute. Every trace of dandruff goes down the drain. Three minutes with Fitch. Embarrassing dandruff's gone. Pitch can also leave hair up to 35% brighter. Get pitch dendruff remover shampoo today. <laughs>
2: I figured you were busy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm busy telling Andy here about Dodge. Andy, this is Chester Proudfoot. He's one of the people you ought to know. This is Andy Hill, Chester. Hi, to me. meeting. Francis. Thank you. Uh, Chester works for Marshall Dillon, Andy. That ought to be a good job. Well, it's a fine job, but you like long hours and poor pay. <laughs> He spends quite a few of those long hours sitting around the depot waiting for the train to come in, Andy. <laughs> well, now, that's just
3: so Mr. Dillon will know where I'm at, if he wants me. i uh, sure. Uh, you staying long and Dodge, Andy? Uh, maybe. I don't know
4: yet, sister.
2: I've been advising him to move on. Why? Mostly because I'd like to myself.
4: Your name Kitty?
2: I'm busy, mister.
0: They told me your name. I'm gonna buy you a drink.
2: Come on, right. over to the bar. your <laughs> <a> hogs, <laughs> Mister. It's full in the air.
0: I'll have no talk from a woman of your kind. All right, you
3: get out of here, Mister. Get
0: out right me
3: now. Have.
0: You ain't even armed.
3: Well, I'll find me a gun quick enough, Mister. How
4: about me? I'm armed. You're too young to be wearing a gun. Take it off. You do it. You take it off. I sure will. Come there. You want to die, don't you? No, I don't want anybody to die. Now, you get out of here. I'm going to put a bullet in you. You can't do it, mister. Don't try it. I'll show you. I told him he couldn't do it. Well, you killed him, eh? He was looking for a fight.
3: Well, do you know who he is? I never saw him before. Well, there's Matt. Who? Marshal Dillon, eh?
1: Oh. Did you kill this man? I did it. It was self-defense, Matt.
3: He started and he drew first, and he had to shoot him. That's the truth, Mr. Dillon. You were treating this Kitty bad, and I didn't have no gun, and Andy stood right up to him.
1: Get some help and carry him out of here, Chester. Yeah, that's
3: right, I will. Uh, Alvin, you and Pony, give me a hand here. We'll...
1: Kitty, let's step over here. You and uh, Andy, is it?
4: Andy
2: Hill, Martin. Yeah. You should have seen it, Matt. That man had his
4: gun almost out before Andy even started to draw. Well,
1: you're pretty fast, huh, Andy?
4: Well, I'm alive. Where you from? I told you my name. It don't matter where I'm from.
1: What are you doing to Dodge?
4: I come here looking for a job. An honest
1: job. He
2: told me the same thing, Matt. I believe him. Why
1: would I be lying? Well, the way Kitty described it, you're mighty handy with a gun for a man who's looking for an honest job.
4: All right, I'll move on. I wouldn't have a chance here with you against me. Nah, don't worry about it, Miss Kitty. I'll make out someplace else. Wait a minute,
1: Andy. Yeah? Why don't you, uh, go over to the stage office. That's for Jim Buck. What for? He's a driver. He's looking for a man to ride shotgun. You tell him I sent you, huh?
4: All right, Marshal. Now go. Go on.
2: You see, Matt, he did mean it.
1: Yeah, he wants a job, Kitty. But he's hiding something. And when a man hides something,
2: it's usually bad. But I've got a feeling about him, Matt. I think he's all right. Well, I hope so, Kitty.
1: (laughs) Won't be so good if I've recommended an outlaw to protect the (laughs) state.
0: could be more at home with history than Edward R. Murrow. For more than 20 years now, he's focused his attention on world affairs, broadened his viewpoint with travel, and sharpened his perspective by meeting and getting to know many of the leading statesmen of our time. Five evenings a week on CBS Radio, Edward R. Murrow shares his experience with you. For a clear, concise report on today's important developments, join us on most of these same stations when it's time for Edward R. Murrow with the news. A fuller understanding of current events is waiting for you, too, on every lively edition of our World News Roundup. Seven mornings a week on CBS Radio, the World News Roundup takes you to the scene of the news for eyewitness reports by CBS News correspondents. Hear what's happening direct from where it's happening. Get the feeling of the news along with the facts as our World News Roundup comes your way at breakfast time, tomorrow and every weekday morning on CBS Radio.
1: I didn't see Andy again that night, but I ran into Jim Buck and he told me that he'd hired him and they were leaving for Hayes City the next morning. It was two days before they were due back before I'd find out if I had made a mistake or not. I waited. The Even when they were due, I was down at the stage office. Of course, the stage was late, over an hour late, but finally it came. Now, there was Andy, up on the box next to Jim. They pulled up, and Jim jumped down and came over to me. Marshal? Marshal, arrest him. Huh? Arrest who? Andy Hill, that's who. If I hadn't heard how good he is with a gun, I'd have taken him myself. I'd have shot him dead. Now wait a minute, Jim. Wait a minute. What's the trouble?
4: He's mad at me, Marshal. Mad at you? You ought to be tarred and feathered. Now wait a minute. Held up, Marshal. Held up by Evan, this so called shotgun man sat there like a owl on a rafter. Sat there and didn't do a thing. Is that true, Andy? Why kill a man for nothing, Marshal? For nothing. The treasure box was empty and we carried no passengers this trip. He didn't get a thing. You didn't know that box was empty until I told you afterwards. I knew it before we left Hayes City. I figured I ought to know what I was guarding, so I found
1: out. Sure, and for all I know, you was in cahoots with that bandit. Maybe him and you were partners. There's no proof of that, Jim. Well, I ain't hiring a man who won't fight. You're fired, Andy. I never want to see you again.
4: I'm sorry, Marshal. I guess I've disappointed you
1: because you didn't want to kill a man for nothing. That's right. There, uh... wasn't any other reason, was there, Andy?
4: You think I was in on it, too? No, I didn't say that. Good night, Martin.
1: Andy. Andy! changed my mind again. He went all over town looking for a job. He tried everybody and everything, but nothing came of it. And finally, I heard that he'd got discouraged and had quit trying. I had a long talk with Jim Buck, and at the end of it, he was sorry that he'd lost his temper, but he still wouldn't rehire him. And that was that. Until one night about a week later, Doc and I were having a beer at the Texas Trail,
3: well, now, what I've seen of him, Andy's got a lot of pride, man.
1: Maybe too much pride, Doc. Oh, well, he's young, he's in his blood. <laughs> we were like right that once. Uh, there's more to it than that, Doc. What? I don't know. Andy doesn't talk much, especially to me. Well, maybe he doesn't trust the law. <laughs> <laughs> Most people around here don't. All right, now what? away, uh, He's drunk. Oh, who's that following? Oh,
3: give us a friend? Who on, is
1: now. that, man? I'm trying to think, Doc. I've seen his face. Or maybe it was his picture. I,
3: I don't want to drink with it.
1: You'll drink? Uh, there's going to be a fight, man. Stick around, Doc. We may need you. leave on there. I take it bad when a man won't drink with me. You take it anywhere you like. I could kill you, Andy. You're drunk. You try it. Hold it, Andy. Andy. You stay out of this, Marshal. He's right, Andy. You're too drunk to fight.
2: Am I? You watch me. Go! Go!
1: What would you do that for, Marshal? To keep you from killing him, Carrick. You know my name? I heard Andy say it. But I don't want to hear it again, and I don't want to see you again. You find your horse and you ride out of town, Carrick, and you keep on riding. Now you get moving while you got a chance. Sure, Marshal. Justice. You should have arrested him, Mister Jones. He started the whole trouble. Maybe, but right now, get Andy's gun and take him to jail. He can sleep it off there. Yes, sir. I will. Didn't need me after all, man. Huh? You know something, Doc? Huh? That's the first time I ever turn an outlaw loose. What? Carrick, I saw his picture the other day on some new circulars. The law in Oklahoma Territory would like to have him back. Well then, why why didn't you arrest him? Andy's wanted with him. There's no picture, but I remember the description. Now, <laughs> Carrick for murder, and Andy for robbery. They were partners.
2: And you let a murderer go?
1: Not exactly, Doc. Eric needs Andy for a partner. That's why he came here. And that's why he'll come back. Yeah, he comes back. You're going to have two outlaws to deal with. Maybe. But it's Andy who's going to have to decide that. He's still got a choice to make, Doc. All I'm doing is giving him the chance to make it. Then why should you risk facing a pack of trouble to, to help a man you hardly know, man? man who hardly knew me went out of his way once, Doc. Maybe I'm kind of paying him back.
3: Oh. Oh, Well, I I still so you must have a lot of faith in him.
1: Not a lot, Doc. Just enough to take a gamble. Like a bad gamble, and he came out of his cell solemn and angry. And when I gave him his gun back, he took it and left without a word. Later, Chester reported that he'd ridden out of town, and it was several days before I heard of him again. Mr. Yeah, what is it, Chester?
3: Andy Hill's back in town.
1: Oh, he's standing out there on the boardwalk talking to Jim Buck.
3: I went up and said hello to him, and you know what Jim told me? He's went and hired Andy to ride shotgun for him again. He has. Yes, sir. He was kind of laughing about it. He said Andy spent most of the morning arguing him into it. But anybody who could talk that good and that long
1: deserved a job, so I guess he ain't mad at Andy no more. Yeah. Jim's bringing a shipment of gold back from Hayes City next trip. Oh? Maybe Andy knows about it. Him and Carrick both. Oh. What's that? a circular from Oklahoma with Carrick's picture on it and Andy's description. What's going to do with Andy's outside, you said?
3: Yes, sir. I'll
1: be back directly. Hello, Andy. What do you want, Marshal? Where's Jim Buck? He went over to the stage office. Uh Uh-huh. I hear you're riding a shotgun for him again. Any objections, Marshal? Andy, if I had everything on my mind you have, I don't think I'd want to be friendly with the law either. Now, what do
4: you mean by that?
1: Here. Take a look at this. Mm-hmm. So now you know. Now, wait a minute, Andy. I didn't come to arrest you, so don't make me kill you. What? I wanted you to see that circular. I didn't think you and Kerrick knew it was out. I don't understand you, Marshal. It was Kerrick who held up the stage last time when you were riding shotgun, wasn't it?
4: It had nothing to do with
1: me. I didn't know he was in the country. But you didn't shoot because you didn't want to kill a man for nothing, especially a former partner. Look, Marshal. I think your partner's again, Andy. I think you've got this one planned. You won't take me alive, Marshal. I told you I didn't come out here to arrest you. Why not? Because I think a man who wants it deserves a chance, Andy. Now, you haven't had yours. Not yet. Maybe I'm wrong giving it to you, but I'm going to do it. What do you mean? The stage goes to Hayes tomorrow. It'll be back Thursday. I'm going to be waiting for it, Andy real hard <laughs>
3: here an hour ago, Mr. Dunn. It's already dark. That's yeah, usually late, Chester. Yeah, but why does it have to be late this time? Are
1: you worried? Yes, sir.
3: And so are you.
1: Yeah. I like putting your whole stake on the turn of one card, I guess.
3: Mm, mm. Mr. Dunn? Yeah.
1: Look, it made it. The stage made it. Yeah, the stage did, uh, Chester, but there's no shotgun messenger. Oh,
3: I know you're right. Well, where is Andy? Where is Andy, Jim? I don't know where he is
1: ain't seen him since we got to Hayes. You mean he quit? I'd call it that. But uh, did he tell you he was quitting? He told me nothing. He just disappeared. Serves me right for hiring him again. I got work to do. Well, come on, Chester. Let's go back to the office. I reckon he figured he'd get as far as Hayes without you asking
3: him. Then him and Carrie could run from there. what are you
1: looking at? That rider coming up the street. Leading that pack horse? It's not a pack horse, Chester. It's a body tied across a saddle. And that's Andy, leading
3: I think you're right. Well, now what's he gone and
1: done? We'll find out. Hello, Marshal. Hello, Andy.
4: That's Carrick. I got there, Marshal. You killed him? I killed him.
1: No witnesses. No way to prove who drew first. Jim Buck told me you ran off up in Hayes City. Jim might have got shot if
4: I hadn't. Oh? Yeah, Carrick was going to hold up the stage again, Marshal, and I decided not to let him do it. But I figured if I tried to fight him while I was sitting up there next to Jim, it'd go bad. So you rode back to meet Carrick alone, huh? I left the night we got to Hayes. I found him and told him I was through for good. Well, he got scared and went for his gun. But like I say, I can't prove it was self-defense. Maybe I shouldn't have come back. Nobody's going to believe the outlaw.
3: Chester...
1: Yes, sir. Give Andy a hand with Carrick's body. I I got some work to do.
3: Where are you going?
1: I'm going to go write a letter to the law in Oklahoma territory. I'm going to let them know they can withdraw that wanted circular on Carrick. Well,
3: what about Andy and that robbery charge?
1: Well, after I tell them how he brought in Carrick and how he's trying to go straight, I think they won't be too hard on him.
0: Best date. Have a New Year's Eve date right here on CBS Radio. Join us on New Year's Eve as many of the same stations present America's top dance bands, one right after another, for the 1959 CBS Radio New Year's Eve Dancing Party. From mid-evening right up to dawn, dance to the music of Jan Garber's orchestra and the Glenn Miller Orchestra with Ray McKinley. Ring out the old, ring in the new with the orchestras of Richard Maltby, Count Basie, Vincent Lopez, and Guy Lombardo. Old Lang Zynet with the Tommy Darcy Orchestra and Warren Covington. The orchestras of Freddie Martin, Duke Ellington, Ralph Flanagan, Lawrence Welch, and Turk Murphy. When 1958 bows out, you supply the partner and the fancy footwork and let the biggest bands in the land take care of the rest. Wherever you may be, whatever you may be doing, ring in 1959 with CBS Radio's Gala New Year's Eve Dancing Party on most of these same CBS radio stations. Gunsmoke. Produced and directed by Norman McDonald, stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. The story was freshly written for Gunsmoke by John Meston. Featured in the cast were Sam Edwards, Harry Bartell, and Barney Phillips. Harley Bear is Chester, Howard McNear is Doc, and Georgia Ellis is Kitty. This is George Walsh inviting you to join us again next week for another story on Gunsmoke
1: for the CBS Radio Network.